Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. It's April 30th on a Tuesday in 2019. The NFL Draft was last weekend, and uh, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, I, th- I just want to say it's kind of interesting that 60 million people sat on their couch, including myself, with a bag of, like... Doritos, Doritos, or like salt and vinegar Lay's chips, or whatever, you, whatever you're into, and they watched a draft for three straight days. I watched all three days. Yeah, yeah, I did that. That's my wife. That's how you spend your weekend. Yep. Can't even blame you. <laughs> yeah, it out uh, the NFL draft outrated the NHL and NBA <laughs> that's, playoffs. That's that's actually pretty crazy. Uh, so by a good amount too, right? Nationally, yeah, yeah pretty, pretty, uh, pretty heavy. Uh, so the NFL draft was this weekend, and after a long couple months of many fantasy experts studying and trying to figure out what guys were going to go where, and uh, you know, trying to figure out what teams were going to look like, so that they could start actually planning. But you, <laughs> you can't act. The, this is what I realized. Don't do anything until after the draft is complete because that'll mess up everything. It'll mess up your kind of like life. Um, your favorite wide receiver there. <clears throat> What's it? What, what was his name again? Sorry, Hollywood uh, Brown. Uh, no, 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 no. DK Metcalf. No, your your favorite wide receiver that oh. got toasted because of the draft in Arizona. Oh, Christian Kirk. Ah, oh, there it is. Christian Kirk, I love you. I will always love you. It's unfortunate. He has a second-round draft pick, though. Yeah, I mean, pretty good. But. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals just blew it up. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, we finally get a clear picture of what the teams are going to look like in 2019, uh, which is very exciting. We can finally start really doing rankings, really figuring out where guys are going to go. We know what teams are going to look like. We know what position battles are going to happen. We're starting to see teams come forward. We even got a, a picture today of Christian McCaffrey looking ripped out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit ridiculous, but OTAs <laughs> have uh, started. So we're getting there. In two months' time, spring uh, spring training. Spring training. Yep. <laughs> uh, training camp will start uh, for the 2019 season, which is absolutely in- insane. Uh, but on this episode of the Fantasy Champions Podcast, we want to give you our top five winner fantasy winners and losers mm. from the draft. We're not talking about team winners and losers. No, here. no, no. We're talking about player winners and losers. What player went to the right situation for him to make an impact in fantasy football? Exactly. Uh, but first, be sure to do the following. Follow us on Twitter, at the FF Champs. Go over to Instagram, at the Fantasy Champions. Uh, give us a like there, and then go like us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash thefantasychampions. I think I think I mess up the Facebook every single week. <laughs> it's okay. Every single week. Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, leave a review, and uh, share this podcast with your friends because uh, we don't have a million dollars to market and advertise, so you are our marketing and advertising plan. Yeah, and if we did have a million dollars, we'd probably spend it on Doritos. And- yeah. Lay's potato chips we can watch. 
Yeah, the NFL draft. Yeah, the NFL, so we can watch the <laughs> yeah, waste our time on the NFL draft. Uh, there will be no news segment uh, this week uh, because there was no news besides the fact that Jacob Hollister, uh, everything we're going to talk Block about. Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Jacob Hollister from the Patriots got traded for a seventh-round pick. That's revolutionary. Uh, the only other news I saw outside of the NFL draft and all the trades that happened in it and the craziness that was that is that after the draft, we are going to talk, we probably will be talking about David Montgomery on this podcast, but they said that Tariq Cohen was not going to get as many carries as he did last year. A little bit disconcerting. If you are a Tariq Cohen truther, I am not, and I have never been a Tariq Cohen truther. Uh, so let's jump right in to our main segment. Rookie Breakout. So on this episode of Rookie Breakout, or this segment of Rookie Breakout, we're going to talk about our top five winners and losers from the NFL draft. Uh, so let's uh, get started. We'll start with the winners. Uh, some of these we agree on. Some of these we don't agree on. Mm. Um, mostly because they're mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm a legend. Uh, we agreed on most of it. Most of it. Just a few nitpicks from me. So we'll start with uh, Iowa State's tight end. Uh, Noah Font, uh, he got drafted with the 20th pick. What amazed me in this draft is that there were two tight ends. Two tight ends were drafted in the top 20. That before, is crazy. Before a wide receiver or running back had been taken off. Let, the that, let that sink in. Let that sink in. You got two tight ends at the top of the draft. Uh, Noah Font and TJ Hawkinson were not supposed to be drafted until late in the first round. Uh, but everyone ripped their pants off very quickly. <laughs> um, Noah Font is one of my winners uh, for this particular draft. I'm not going to rank them. This is in no particular order. Um, but Noah Font was one of is is when he was at Iowa State. He was he when you watch the film, he was the guy catching the balls. Like T.J. Hawkinson right. caught balls at Iowa State. But he was the, he was mostly a blocking tight end that could catch, and most of the time he caught it in the red zone, and you know, Gronk, <clears throat> Gronk, yeah, Gronk. Uh, so Noah Font was actually projected to be the number one tight end of this class before the combine happened, um, and then it, it, the combine didn't change anything, but everything at, at one point after the combine just shifted to go towards T.J. Hawkinson. Um, Obviously, we could we like if T.J. Hawkinson went to a team like Carol, you know, the Cardinals, mm-hmm. which is absolutely impossible. But Cliff Kings Cliff Kingsbury's system doesn't call for throwing the tight end. He ends. would be used more of the blocker. He, yeah, he'd, he'd be used as a blocker. So why Arizona wouldn't draft them? But you wouldn't really want to use them. The reason why I want to let you all know that T.J. Hawkinson will not be on my winners or losers list at all. And the reason why is because I can't really decide where I yeah. put it. Uh, Hawkinson is a guy who. Uh, has a really good chance in the Detroit Lions offense to be really good. And when I look at Hawkinson, it's like you have Pat, Matt, Pat Patricia, Matt Patricia there with, you know, the some of the Patriots coaching tree there. And you, you think that the mindset for him is we needed a Gronk. Correct. And so if that's what they do with him, then I think he should be on the winner list. But... I don't know if the Just Lions are. The Lions. I I don't know if the Lions are capable of doing anything <laughs> smart. <laughs> I I would probably. I think him. I think him and Noah Font are both kind of in the same boat as winners. Yeah. I think the Lions picking, um, Hawkinson at what was it tenth? Yes. 
That's probably not the best pick in the world to pick a no. tight end ten when there was some really good defensive oh, players available. Oh no, he was available. picked. Uh, or what, Hawkinson or in Font? Hawkinson. Hawkinson was drafted, I believe, it was eighth. Oh wow! I can check. Hold on. I think it was eighth. That's still. I mean, that's really high for a tight end. Yeah, the the guys that were available defensively at that time. Yeah, it was eighth. Yeah, that's that is insane. However, from Hawkinson's point of view, and what we're talking about here, which is the fantasy winners, a landing yeah. spot for Detroit, I don't think was that bad because they don't have a lot of weapons in the first place. Yeah, I think Matt Stafford is gonna turn it around next year. Considering it, looking at his history last year was his worst year in the league, or since his second year in the league, pretty much. Yeah, um, and I do believe a little bit in that. Matt Patricia uh, Patriots coaching tree that they saw yeah, this guy yeah. Hawkinson. They're like. He can be our Gronk. Yeah, what we envision that the Patriots. The Patriots brought in Hawkinson for a workout. Yeah, so that shows you something. Maybe Matt Patricia saw that and was like, "He's a he needs to come to the team now." (laughs) Right. I just I do get why you wouldn't put him in the winners because it is the Detroit Lions and if they don't use him properly, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to justify it. Now, before we you know we we started with Noah Font and then quickly (laughs) jumped into Hawkinson. Uh, We will talk about Noah Font in like two seconds, but. Uh, if if you had, if if you were sitting there making your tight end rankings, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you put T.J. Hawkinson? I'd have to look at it because some of those guys at the bottom are. I have to good. really like think about it. They aren't good. So <laughs> after like, I think after like maybe six, yeah. Like well, honestly, after three, yeah. it just drops. And I mean, there's probably, some good tight ends. I think he, in the league. He, just not Hawkinson utilized. would probably be anywhere from like five to twelve. Okay. All right. So I know it's a wide range, but yeah. So the reason why I have Noah Font clearly on my winners list is a, I look at him as the better tight end. Like if you're if you're in fantasy pass football, catching pass catching tight end, I think he's the he's the best patch, pass catching tight end in this class. And this class had a lot of tight ends, a lot of tight ends. Um, so and it's an extremely talented class of tight ends as well. So for me. I think Font in fantasy football as a pass catching tight end is a more effect, is going to be a more effective more effective player. Now, if he'd gone somewhere that doesn't use the tight end position or didn't have a quarterback, I would be thinking otherwise. Um, now, when I say uh, Joe Flacco is a decent quarterback, he's not good or bad. He's just typically in the, he's in the middle. Yeah. Um, in the past, when you look at the Baltimore Ravens offenses. And you look at what they like to do. Um, they love with Joe Flacco. They love to throw the football to the t- uh, to tight ends. Um, they had guys like Dennis Pitta on their team, and and those guys were decent back in the day. So if you have an extremely talented tight end in, in Noah Font getting drafted with the twentieth pick, going to the Denver Broncos, and you have Joe Flacco there, trust me, Drew Locke is not going to steal that job. <laughs> um, no. Joe Flacco will throw it to Noah Font, and I think he'll throw it to Noah Font more consistently than um, the Lions would to TJ okay. Hawkins. I get, I get your line of thinking. I think they're both in decent spots. Yeah. So I'm not it to say like one will be better than the other. I think is you yeah, know it's no. it's just your opinion, but right. I, like the, right now, I, I if I was doing my rankings for tight ends, I'd probably have Noah Font eight and like TJ Hawkinson nine. Right. So they're like neck they're and like neck. right next to each other. Yeah, for but me, I the th- only thing that scares me with Font, sorry to cut you off, but that's fine, is just it doesn't even really scare me. Just like the differences, I think Stafford will probably put up bigger numbers next year than Joe Flacco will, and I think Joe Flacco is throwing yeah. to guys like Emmanuel Sanders, 
and Cortland Sutton. Right. Well, Matt Stafford will be throwing to Kenny Galloway, and that's pretty much it. Galladay. Galladay, Galloway. Sorry. Same thing. Is it Galladay <laughs> or Galloway? I, I think it's Galladay. Uh, yeah, no, I totally understand that. I think I just think it depends on how they utilize them. And, I mean, it's just you see stuff like Kerryon Johnson is one of the best – he was a really good – he's really talented, and he's a really good running back. And you saw at times last year that he could probably yeah, finish as a high-end RB2, low-end RB1. Like, you saw him be successful. But for some for some reason, it took the offensive coordinator and Matt Patricia all season to figure that out. And now they just signed C.J. Anderson. And so it's like – I'm not going to sit here and talk about on Johns for 20 minutes when we're supposed to be talking about rookies, but he doesn't know how to utilize right, guys yeah. in I get, proper I get, fashion. I get your point, yeah. Every single coach that comes out of the New England Patriots coach tree always looks at – they don't look at players as talented, like, whereas a team like Dallas would say, oh, we got Ezekiel Elliott. He's our workhorse back. A team like the New England Patriots look at Sony Michelle and go, well, he's good at doing this, so we'll use him on that, whereas James White's good at doing this, so we're going to use him there. Oh, oh, by the way, we got Damian Harris, who we'll talk a little bit later. Oh, we're going to use him like this, and Rex Burkhead will use like this. Right. So it's like – Depending on the matchup, depending on the game, depending on what situation you're in, they'll use different guys. And that's just all Patriots coaches. When they come out, that's the way they think. And so when you go to a team like the Lions, they draft, They did draft a second tight end in this class. I don't remember who it was. Um, it was Isaac Nuada from uh, Georgia what in round? the seventh round. Oh, well. So he'll probably want to make the team. but. I just think they, they, they draft guys for specific purposes. And the, the question is, what, what is the specific purpose for TJ Hawkinson being on the Lions? Are they going to use him to run yeah. or throw? Right, exactly. Uh, let's go to another interesting selection. This kind of dictated the entire <laughs> draft. <laughs> the I didn't think they would do it. I really didn't. Oh, I didn't yeah? think Arizona would do it. But they drafted Kyler Murray with the first pick of the draft. Not surprising to me, but... So, for the second year in a row, they took a quarterback, and then they traded Mr. Rosen away for a second-round pick. I mean, how much of a bust was last year for them? Oh, big time. I think this was all about Cliff Kingsbury building his offense. I think that's... Building his team. Building his team. I absolutely love Kyler Murray. He's one of my big, fat, slap-a-winner sign on him. I like Kyler Murray a lot. Um... My personal player comp for him is Deshaun Watson. And if he plays anything like Deshaun Watson did in the six games in his rookie season, he might actually be somebody that you can start a couple of games, like more than six games. Legitimate fantasy option, which for a rookie quarterback. For a rookie quarterback is not normal. Um, The main reason why I, I put Kyler Murray in the winner's list is because and this is he, I, he's there for the same reason that I was going to put Josh Rosen on my sleeper sleeper list if they did not take Kyler Murray, is because Cliff Kingsbury loves to use the air raid offense, which is basically an offense that passes it sixty to seventy percent of the time. It is going. It's going to be there's on the field usually four re, four or five receivers at a time, usually three or four. Most of the packages are three or four, yeah. and he's going to be throwing it a lot. In fantasy football, what you need when you're looking for players, whether it's a quarterback, a wide receiver, a running back, a tight end, you want volume. And Kyler Murray is going to throw it like as much as Tom Brady did five <laughs> years ago this year. So if he's throwing it that much and he's even slightly the successful, situation is very the situation good for him. is very yes. good for him. 
And so I think in that offense, he works. That's his offense in college. It fits. If it works in the NFL, that's the only thing, is that everyone's assuming that the air raid offense is going to work this year. You cannot assume anything in the NFL. If the air raid offense doesn't work, there is no backup plan. That entire offense will crash and burn extremely fast. Yeah. And so it's like it's like if it works in the NFL then that's great. If it doesn't, then Kyler Murray's not an option and the four receivers they draft three receivers they drafted are not an option. I love Kyler Murray simply because if they're throwing it with him as much as I expect them to throw it with him, then he's going to produce. It's it's it's, it's inevitable. You're right. I think it, the game is though kind of moving towards the college style offense, the air rate type offense, pass it more. Right. Um and the the fit it's, is it's all shotgun based. Yeah, the fit is perfect though for Kyler Murray. I will say this with the Cardinals, even if they stink this year, I do think offensively they'll be good. Yeah. You can tell they're putting so much focus into the offense. Right. They hired an offensive coach, who's one of the who is probably the best offensive coach in college football. Yeah. Is the next to some people the next big coach in the NFL. Yeah. They drafted a quarterback number one. They took three wide receivers, which mm-hmm. is insane. They need to tie in with the uh, Mr. Relevant pick. Yeah, I mean, there you go. They even added a few offensive linemen. Yeah. You know, they're they're focusing on the offense, and that spells very good things for Kyler Murray. And I like him, too, just like yourself. Yeah. I think he's – Deshaun Watson is a good comparison. Even to last year, Baker Mayfield, I think he has similarities, too. So we'll see what Kyler Murray – but. He's extremely talented. I mean, when you watch – the only question that I had – when watching film on Kyler Murray, was that he never had any real competition. Um, besides, he did play in a quarterback-friendly system. Too. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how he responds because obviously you never know until the guy gets in a real game and, and plays in a real game. So I I, just, I really do like Kyler if he turns out to be a really good quarterback. I think he is on the winners list, but this is a perfect situation for him, and this is a good situation for fantasy now. I do want to pump the brakes a little on Kyler Murray and not get too excited. I'm not saying go out and draft him. Please, God, yeah. no. Oh, yeah, not no. this year. Don't go out and draft him. But I do think there are going to be games where he is going to be a good streaming option. Yeah. Um, I think he'll be a very good streaming option uh, where he'll probably have five or six games where he actually you know, produces 20 to 25 20, fantasy yeah. points where you can actually have him on your team. So if you stream quarterbacks like me, he's a guy I'm definitely taking a look at. But that's only if he continues to succeed. I'm really excited to watch Arizona. Um, dissecting all of these players over the last three months has kind of been really interesting. <laughs> but like you get excited. Interesting you, and you, a pain. Yeah, and a pain. <laughs> uh, you kind of get excited for certain teams. And like I'm excited for Oakland and I'm excited for Arizona because they That is some, so weird that yeah, I know. Imagine saying that last year. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm excited for Oakland. Let's go. <laughs> no. Or just saying that in like January. Yeah, like, it's true. Dude, this upcoming year, I'm so excited to watch the Arizona Cardinals and Oakland Raiders. It's true. Uh, the third guy on the winner's list is David Montgomery. Eh. Um, round three, pick 10. I love you, David Montgomery. Eh. Uh, to some people, he was the second best running back in the class. Eh. I watched a lot of film on David Montgomery. He's extremely explosive. He doesn't, he doesn't give up when he runs. Um, and I love him in Chicago. 
Everyone wants to believe that Mike freaking Davis is going to be this good running back all of a sudden when he sucked in Seattle. He he's going to come he out. He, he, he's he going okay. to he's yeah. going to come out in Chicago and be the number one running back. And I told you before they drafted this guy the day of that that draft day, I said the Bears are going to draft David Montgomery, and they did. So I love David Montgomery. I think he fits perfectly in that system. Uh, I told you before that, and this fits what we were talking about earlier with with the Chicago Bears, um, and what they said about Tariq Cohen that he's going to get less carries. They want a running back that is going to get fed the ball. They want a workhorse. They want a guy who's going to be good in the passing game and the running game. They don't want to do this split. They want Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard smashed together into one play. <laughs> That's what they want, and. They get that with David Montgomery. He's a good pass catcher. He can run the football extremely effectively. And I think David Montgomery getting drafted into this situation, yeah, maybe not this year. You know, this year he's probably not going to be a beast. But mm, that's in the, the key. In the, in the coming years, I think it's a great situation for David Montgomery. Um, and and the, uh, the Tariq Cohen truthers can sit down right now, please. <laughs> No. You know what? Keep standing because if I'm in your league, you can take Tariq, Tariq Cohen all day long. I don't even. I'm not anyone. a tree cone street there, but uh, yeah. Here's here's what I'll say about this. This is one of my nitpicks, my slight yeah. disagreements. I don't mind Montgomery. I do think he's a good player, and as you said, he's explosive. He's talented. He can do everything in the backfield. Yeah. I just look at it. They have three running backs in the system. I think okay. long term, as you said, Montgomery will be the work quote unquote workhorse for this upcoming season. I'm not sure how much they're going to use Montgomery. If he gets 220 touches, what do you think he's worth? Because mm. it's a lot of touches. That is a lot. It kind of, it just kind of depends, like of what those touches are going to be. Yeah. Like, are they third down situations? No. Are no, they more of a starting. workhorse type? Then he might be a little like pretty this good. Is, this is the way maybe it's going to be. Maybe like sixth round, maybe. They're going to utilize Tariq Cohen. So here's the thing. Mike Davis will come in on some downs. But right now, Mike Davis is basically going to play the same role as he did in Seattle. <laughs> at Poor the end, guy. At the end of the year. Yeah, I know. So Mike Davis will not will not play as much as people expected him to. So don't be going out and drafting Mike Davis if you're all excited to do that. Um, but Montgomery is, unless he loses the job, similar to how like Royce Freeman lost the job to Philip Lindsay or uh, Peyton um, Barber was it on the the Buccaneers? Yeah, Ronald Jones. Sorry, it was Ronald Jones who they drafted. Yeah, Ronald high. Jones lost his job to the uh, yeah. Uh, so David Montgomery, unless he loses his job, which I don't foresee happening, he's going to you know be an extremely he's going to be the probably the first and second down back, maybe even if he's as successful as, you know, people expect him to be like a three down back with Tariq Cohen coming See, I on don't third know. down and then coming in on passing down. I don't know about that. So, but Montgomery's the, the thing is, is that, and I've talked about this before. Cohen doesn't have the size of the ability to be a workhorse back. He's never going to be one. He had 90, 95 to 99 carries last year for like 440 yards. He's just never going to be a workhorse. It's not going to happen. He's a great pass catching back. If David Montgomery can catch the football, they're going to utilize him a similar way yeah, that, but... that they would have used Jordan. Like if Jordan Howard could catch the ball last year, Terry Cohen would have never happened. No, I disagree with that because he, he's, he's a freak with the ball. 
That's the difference. Only in certain plays, though. They call him a human joystick for a reason. I think he's extremely overrated. I think he's slightly overrated, but he's still a very, very talented player. I agree with most of what you said, the workhorse situation yeah, and all that, but like, since we're talking about Mike Davis and his old situation in Seattle, yeah. remember Rashard Penny going into last year? Was, I think, a fifth-round pick. Yeah, Everybody thought he was going to be the workhorse. And they ran the ball the most out of any team in the league last season, yeah. I believe, right? So it was Seattle or was right. it Baltimore? I think Baltimore. it was Seattle. At least they were at least top three. I think they were number one. Yeah. And Rashard Penny was not. He had a few weeks where he was very good, especially later in the season. But overall, for the course of the year, he was not a fantasy option in most leagues. Yeah. I think that's going to be Montgomery this year. I think they're not going to run the ball as much as Seattle. Yeah. So I think he could still get. I mean, a few carries a game. Right. I'm not saying he's not. I just, my thing is, who's going to vulture those those carries away from him? Because last year, when I believe there was an injury to either Penny or, wasn't there an injury to Chris Carson early I in the season? I think Carson missed like two games. So when Carson game. came out, Mike Davis was the number, I think he was the number two guy. Um, he had, he started only two games last year. And over the course of Chris Carson's absence, he had 21 carries, 12, 6 carries, 10 carries, 15 carries, 11 carries. After week 9 and on, which is kind of when Chris Carson broke out, he had 4 carries in 3 straight games, 3 carries, 5 carries, and then 7 carries to end the season. So for him, he isn't going to vulture that many carries away from David Montgomery. Mm -hmm. To me, it's volume. If he wins the job... And Mike Davis isn't sitting there trying to, you know, he, that they don't really use Mike Davis the way they originally thought. I think they brought Mike Davis in going, okay, we're not going to use him. Last week we talked about how the Bears might not draft a, a running back. Well, they did draft a running back, and that was probably a part of their plan to begin with. Yeah. So now that they drafted a running back, they don't necessarily need Mike Davis. Like, he'll come in, and I, I, this, is how, this is how I think the whole situation is going to work out. They'll use David Montgomery sometimes on passing downs. Tariq Cohen will get most of the passing downs, and then Mike Davis will come in on third downs. When they run the football, it's going to be with David Montgomery. If David Montgomery touches the ball or runs it 180 to 200 times, I think he's a low-end RB2. I think that's what he can produce, and I think that's a fair assessment. If he okay. was the only back there, then he'd probably get 250 touches, and he'd be... A beast, but he's not at that. You know, he's not at that point. So to me, I think he has. That's why he's a winner in my book because I think he has all of the opportunity. One last quick thing. Yeah, that's what everyone was saying about Ronald Jones last year too, and he was yeah. the he was the thirty yeah, eighth overall. I think pick. that was Dirk Cutter because no, he, he just kind of stunk when he had his opportunity. He, when he, he had his not, opportunity, he, was, he, he wasn't stunk. that good. But I looked at his numbers, so he wasn't good. I'm not saying that he he was any good, but he never even had a chance to recover from being bad in one game. Yeah, it was it was that clown of like when Peyton Barber sucked last year, and they forced it to him all season long. That's true. You have to look at like that, but when Dirk Ronald Cutter Jones is got a his bad opportunity, coach. though, like he's a bad coach. Ronald Jones had his opportunities and last he year. Failed. He failed. He failed. But I don't think he had enough opportunity. The running back position is that one is one position where you need to get into a rhythm. And if you're not given the opportunity to get into a rhythm, you can't get better. They didn't give him like they spent all season forcing the ball to 
Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber, thank you. I, I forget his name. I kept it's okay. Wa- I it's a Buccaneer running back. But anyway, so to me, I think I, I personally like Ronald Jones this year because they'll probably utilize him this time around. But anyway, uh, I do like David Montgomery. He could end up I, – I would not be surprised if he ended up like a Royce Freeman or a Rashad Penny um, and, and either lost the job to somebody that was an undrafted free agent or – you know, I mean, that not lost the job to somebody like that, but started the season as the, the two back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But as of right now, I don't see anyone getting in front of him and saying, I'm going to take the job. Like, Mike Davis is not taking the job. No. Tariq Cohen can't run the football. Like, he can catch it in the passing game. He's, in, he's James White. But just James White run? No. Does Tariq Cohen run? No. They hand off the ball to him every once in a while, but it's not really something that... They they basically said in this in this uh, in and I gotta conclude with this because we gotta get moving forward. But uh, basically, they said that they were gonna utilize him. They were gonna utilize Cohen as a uh, like I, I can't remember what they said exactly. Like kind of like as a trick or fake back. Yeah. To make people think. Well, that they do have a the lot of like set plays. I think yeah. we come in. So reversals. Yeah. I just to to compare. So when you look at it. To take Cohen and then put him next to Montgomery and say Cohen's going to steal Montgomery's opportunities, that's not going to happen. They're two separate enemies. No, and they're but two I don't know projects. if Mo- Montgomery's going to steal Cohen's opportunities. So no, he probably vice versa. won't. But if, 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 like if they give Tariq Cohen 70 carries and they give Montgomery 200 and, you know, or just 200 and they run the ball 270 times next year. And Mike Davis gets zero carries. <laughs> yeah, Mike Davis gets hurt in a training camp just like he should. Anyway, so Montgomery, I think, is going to be decent. I would put him on the winner's list because he, I think he went into a good situation. Um, Nikhil Harry, 30, he, he, he came out uh, in the combine, I think, and he said, hey, guys, listen, I'm going to get drafted in the first 30, 33 picks. Well, it took him until 32 to get drafted. Yep. He goes to the New England Patriots. Now, some people will disagree that this is a good or bad selection. He's going to catch footballs for the New England Patriots and for Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. If you don't think the guy's going to and, and it, it on on a team that doesn't have a lot of receivers except for Julian Edelman, you don't think Tom Brady's going to target this guy 80 to well, 100 here, times here's, this year? Here's the key. A lot of people think with this would be like, "Oh, well, the Patriots aren't going to throw the football a lot next yeah. year," which I think is valid for the most part. But when they do throw the football, yeah. I think Nikhil Harry will get action. Um, there is no Gronk in that offense anymore. No. They lost a lot of guys. They still have Edelman. yippee Kaye. Edelman's a good player. He'll get yeah. his catches, but Love he's not going to get touchdowns. Nikhil Harry will be involved in the offense. I don't know yeah. if he's like... They spent a first-round pick on him. Right, and that's saying something because Bill Belichick... They I don't wouldn't... draft wide receivers. When was the last time he took a wide receiver Never. in the first round? Never. There you go. I think Nikhil Harry will be a very good, run... uh, very good running back, a very good <laughs> wide receiver... For the New England Patriots, and I think I think he basically is Gronk. At this okay, point. well that's that's why they old brought man him in. Gronk. Old man. Oh yeah. Well, I'm I'm not saying he's going to be Gronk. I know what production wise. Like, I just mean or he, they drafted him to be Gronk. He's 220 pounds. He run he ran a four or five, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon's a lot faster though. Right, but. Like what? How he's going to be using the offense? Like as an they're going to utilize. They're they don't. They're not going to utilize. Are you going to say Nikhil Harry in the slot and then use it as a vertical threat? Like kind of. Nikhil Harry is a slot receiver. Mm. 
so they're going to utilize him like they did Gronk. He's going to be he's going to be put on the inside. Like remember when Gronk went out, he went. He's not going to be a tight end, obviously, but you remember when they put Gronk, they would uh, shift Gronk out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. Use him in that. That's the that's basically the spot Nikhil Harry is going to play in. And I think Tom Brady will utilize that all. So day. who's playing on the outside? Philip Dorsett. <laughs> yeah, probably. Which gives you more reason to look at Nikhil Harry as a legitimate, the only legitimate wide receiver. Yeah. yeah seriously. Option. Uh, so I think he's got great opportunity here. Um, Honestly, I think he'll probably, I mean, I don't want to jump out too far ahead and say certain things that I shouldn't, but I think there's a real chance he could get targeted 80 times this year, 80 to 100 times. For um, targets, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that. I don't know how much he'll catch it, but <laughs> we'll see about that. He's He's got a, a very large catch radius. Um, if he was slightly faster, he's basically the same thing as DK Metcalf, but a little bit slower, um, but he has hands. His hands are ex- way better than oh, yeah. Metcalf's. So I I love Nikhil Harry. I, I thought I I personally thought he was the best. Everyone has Marquise Brown as the as the best wide receiver in the class. I think Nikhil Harry is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the pay, the pay, the stupid meme of Bill Belichick drinking orange juice fits perfectly here because <laughs> there were so many opportunities for other teams to take this guy, and then it just falls to Bill, and he's like, "Oh, I'm taking wide receiver. Why not?" Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Nikhil Harry, he's going to be good. I think he's a winner. And then Josh Jacobs. Oh, this is the guy that we both really, really like. So, the don't get me wrong. The Oakland Raiders do have running backs. Jalen Richards. Okay. <laughs> and Elijah McGuire. Um, here's the thing with, with Oakland. And here's the thing with this pick. When I watched Josh Jacobs' film, I was like, he needs to go to a team that doesn't already have a running back. And there was Atlanta came on the clock. And they started talking. Atlanta lost Tevin Coleman. They need a backup running back. And I was like, don't do this to Josh Jacobs. Do not do this to me. I need Josh Jacobs to be on a team that doesn't have a running back. And then they didn't take him, obviously. They didn't take a running back at all in the class. Devonta Freeman, uh, truthers, unite. Um, <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was taken by the Oakland Raiders. And this, I had a list of teams that I wanted to take a running back. And there was a list of teams I wanted to take Josh Jacobs. And at the top of that list was the Oakland Raiders. And so when it happened, I was like, yes, it happened. Let's go. So now I get Josh Jacobs on the Raiders. I love this. He's, this, this is the biggest win of the whole thing for me, like the entire draft. I think he's the biggest winner um, because he, day one, can step into that offense. If he doesn't lose the job, he's going to step into that offense day one and be the workhorse. He's yeah. going to be utilized. At, he's going to be utilized as Marshawn Lynch. That's what he's going to be utilized as. He's going to get 250 to 300 touches, all-purpose touches in the passing game and the running game. He's going to get that. And so, volume speaks volumes. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey. But he's going to get a ton of volume. And when that happens in fantasy, I don't care who you are. Todd Gurley, if he got 200, 200 touches in a season or 180 touches would not be an RB one. Whereas like if you gave 180 touches, 200 touches to Saquon Barkley, he would be an RB one, right? Todd Gurley benefits from a good offensive line. He benefits from getting a ton of work and it's a similar situation. Now Todd Gurley is talented, but it's a similar situation for Josh Jacobs where certain, some guys in this league aren't really that great at, running back, but they get a lot of work. So Jordan they, Howard two years ago. Right, Jordan Howard two years ago. So it's like when you get a lot of work, you're going to be able to produce. And I, I see Josh Jacobs 
as having a similar season as Sony Michelle did this past year. That's a good comparison. I think he'll finish as a low end RB two, and I think that you know, I mean, there there is he has he has a very high ceiling. I, the ceiling's not that high this year. Um, low, my ceiling for him is probably a low end RB two, but I would I'd love that on my team. Like, I mean, a high end RB two. I'm sorry. I'd love that on my team for an absolute ceiling. For, yeah, yeah it, I like agree, yeah. like, and that's the thing is like I would put him at my flex or like, and he's you know he's probably I think he's going in like the thirteenth, fourteenth round. So he's not even is he's he? a good yeah he's a good value right now. We'll see in a couple of months. But I love Josh Jacobs in Oakland because he's literally going to get a crap ton of work. Like he is he yeah. is the back. Elijah McGuire is not stealing snaps. Jalen Richards is not stealing snaps. He does both parts of the game well. He has basically no wear and tear on his legs. He has basically had no injuries. Like, Josh Jacobs is ready to go. My only concern for Josh Jacobs, and I have agreed with pretty much everything you said about him. Yeah. He's fantastic. Perfect situation, which is what I think is key for all these guys. The perfect perfect situation. situation. Right. I think it, it is pretty much the perfect situation for him out of every team that could have drafted him. Ooh. The only thing I don't like is that offensive line still blows. Yeah. I don't I think it got a little bit better. We'll see with who was it Trent Brown? Yeah. Yeah, I mean they added him. Left tackle, so I guess it doesn't really affect it too much, but Yeah, no. That that's a concern for me, but they did add some I believe they drafted some guards. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll we'll see with that offensive line. Like I think one of, I I hate to keep going back to this but yeah. I think one of the things with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber was that their guards were awful for the Tampa Bay last yeah. year. They had no help running the ball. I mean, we'll see we'll see with Oakland's quote unquote new and improved offense. Yeah, how it works for them. Maybe teams will be. They like, didn't draft any. No, yeah. <sighs> that's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, maybe like I said, maybe teams will be focusing so be much on Antonio Brown, Derek Carr. And like the wild, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the biggest. Yeah, maybe plus there'll be like Josh Jacobs. some like yeah. draw plays that will be open there. There's a lot of there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent in in Oakland, and so I think I think that they'll probably be a lot of stuff being pulled away from Josh Jacobs in terms of what they're going to u- utilize him for. Uh, and I think I think he'll he'll he's going to get the work. That's that's the biggest thing for me is he'll get all of the work. Right. Yeah. So I love Josh Jacobs. Uh, those are our top five winners. Josh Jacobs, Nikhil Harry, David Montgomery, Kyler Murray, and Noah Font. Oh, slash TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> uh, here are our top five losers in this draft. These are guys that completely fold flat. And uh, one one we disagree on. Yeah, there's one key guy. one that guy. we need to disagree on. But um, – I want to talk about the Baltimore guys last to give everyone a, a wake-up call. Uh, we'll start with Dwayne Haskins. <sighs> Man. Ohio State quarterback. He was talented. 50 touchdowns in college. 50 touchdowns in one season. For a sophomore. For in 12 games. For a sophomore. For a sophomore. That's pretty good. Um, but then you watch film on Haskins. And he is basically benefited a a lot from extremely talented wide receivers. He basically dumps it off as a screen pass 90% of the time. And and then they run down the field. And so when I watched Dwayne Haskins film, at least a couple of games that I watched, he actually was not extremely like he's accurate and he's a good passer. And obviously it takes a lot to throw 50 touchdowns, but he's not a guy who can throw it down the field. Uh, See, that's where I disagree with. 
he's not a guy that he can throw it down the field. I'm not saying he doesn't have that, but he just he didn't, he didn't do it as much as the numbers would suggest, I think. Yes. And so I think that's the thing you got to watch out for. The landing spot for Dwayne Haskins is the Washington Redskins. <sighs> Absolutely awful. That they have a bad offensive line. They're running their running backs can't stay on the field. Uh, they have no receiving core. They did draft a wide receiver, but they have basically no receiving core. They have no tight. No, they have Jordan Reed, who's supposed to be talented and good, but for some <laughs> supposed reason, supposed to be some, some reason every year completely blows. Um, Dwayne Haskins was dropped in the worst situation possible. I think, yeah. and he's and it's well, said, it's, I think Miami would have been said, worse actually. But yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's said that he uh, has to. Fo- well, they actually got some like they got Kenyon Drake. They got. Um, Who's the wide receiver? Not this is not Jarvis Landry. Anymore. Devontae Parker. They still got some good talent. Uh, who's more There's talented, no Redskins or Dolphins? It's like picking name, between trash and garbage. Name one receiver on the the Washington Redskins. The guy they just drafted from Ohio State. <laughs> I was gonna say Jameson Crowder, but he's yeah, on the no. Jets now. Yeah, he's on the Jets. Uh, so Haskins was dropped. Terrell Pryor still on the Redskins? I don't think so. No, um, he was on the Jets. Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but Haskins is put in the worst situation possible. Uh, and they said he might have to, I mean, you draft him, he's probably going to start. But they said he may have to fight for the job with Colt McCoy. Well, <laughs> I love Colt McCoy, but <laughs> yeah, no, on. I mean, that's come just, on, that's, that's a, like Baker Mayfield fought for the job yeah. with Trot Taylor. Right. Like they just want to get him situated. Don't let him feel comfortable. I get it. My hot but, take is Dwayne Haskins is a bust. Not because he went to Washington, but because he's a bust. Okay. See, I disagree with that. But All he does is stand in the stand in the shotgun. I think he's a very solid player, I, but yeah. the situation isn't isn't no. the best. I think if he went to the Giants, that would be much better. Their yeah. O-line still not the best. but I, And I know they lost Odell, but you have Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Saquon yeah. Bart. Like, they have some talent at least. The Redskins. Uh, yeah, no, it's a bad landing spot. Yeah, it is. He is a loser, and uh, he will not be somebody that you want to get. Fantasy-wise? Fantasy-wise, no. No, no, no. Don't, don't go out and draft Dwayne Haskins. Somebody about, will, though. What about, okay, dynasty question real quick. Just real quick, yes or no. Dwayne Haskins. Oh, I can't say yes or no. Whatever. Dwayne Haskins or Daniel Jones? Dynasty. Daniel Jones. Okay. I'm okay. not supporting Dave Gettleman. Don't get me wrong. But I do like Daniel Jones. Uh Damian Harris, drafted by the New England Patriots, round three, pick 24. So, like, I don't get this at all. And it happened, and I was like, what? I, I like the player, but just I like, like Damian Harris. So Damian Harris was the starter in Alabama ahead of Josh Jacobs. Um, the only reason why Damian Harris was taken after Josh Jacobs two rounds later uh, is because uh, Josh Jacobs basically – doesn't have anything underneath him. Like he has no injuries, no, no wear and tear on his legs. He only had like 130, 140 carries a season and was very good. Damian Harris was like the workhorse 220 plus. And it's like, he, he had all of those carries underneath him. Now he's coming into the NFL and it's like, how long is how long is his career actually going to be? You know, you have to have concern about injury there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fell to the third round because people, he started out before the combine as the second best running back in the class behind Josh Jacobs. Um, and it was them, like, kind of tied at the hip. Yeah. And then he kind of fell down. And so I think this is a value pick for Bill Belichick. Um, Damian Harris is a better running back than Rex Burkhead um, and Brandon Bolden. So 
I see him being. What are you talking about? Brandon Bolden's a beast, bro. <laughs> Stop. Uh, I see him as being uh, the goal line back. I would. I would. Yeah. I would think I that that's that, yeah. what he's going to be utilized for. Um, I think it's a bad landing spot for him because he gets dropped into a uh, basically an RBBC. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going by committee at this point. He'll have. He'll have. I think a week or two where people are like. Whoa! Yeah, I should pick him he'll up. He'll score two touchdowns, and then you get the right. idiot picking up Burkhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like back in the day. I, I, Damian Harris, I like him. I think he's a good player. But I'm not he, saying this because we're Pats fans. We really aren't. But yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just not going to get James White. Yeah, Rex Burkhead, Sony Michelle, obviously, right. even Brandon Bolden, who I don't think they're going to use much, but it's still there. Like, there's just too many guys. There's too many running backs. Too many guys. Offense. I uh, yeah, we we definitely have to put Harris as a loser on this list. Uh, it was a little bit of a stretch because when you get out of the third round, like late third round, how much are guys at that point really losers? Right, more or less Fa- like for like, situations for situations like in fantasy. I think if Damian Harris was put into a situation uh, where he could succeed as like a yeah. workhorse, I think he may have done it. Like let's but say he does remind me Damian Harris when you watch him, he reminds me a lot of Jordan Howard. He can't really catch the football at all but he's a good on the he's yeah, very yeah. good on the ground. I if he would have switched roles with uh Josh Jacobs. So let's say Damian Harris got drafted by the Raiders. Would you view Damian Harris as like Yeah, I would exactly yeah. the same. As Josh Jacobs? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. So uh Harris just I think it's just because of the landing spot for him. Uh mm-hmm. Now, this guy we uh, disagree on a little bit. DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, He was drafted round two, pick 32, so basically a third rounder at that point. Yep. Um, I have not liked, through this entire scouting process, I have not liked DK Metcalf at all. DK Metcalf is basically a glory. He's glorified because of his extreme mass you, you said that and looked down yeah i was like Whew. he's big he's a big guy his measurables at the combine were fast. absolutely insane he's extremely like a guy who's six he's four, an athlete six 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 four i can't remember what his height is Some, but somewhere in that range he's he's 220 pounds and he's like six four and he's, he's, he's jacked out of athletically his speaking he's like the the shake and bake saquon barkley yeah, of wide, wide receivers, receivers. Yeah. yeah and so normally you would think I mean, his catch radius is like 11 feet or something like that. Or, I mean, 11, I, I think maybe, I don't know. But anyway, he has an extremely large catch radius. And, like, you would think this guy's really good. The one thing, what do you need as a wide receiver? The one thing you need as a wide receiver, you know, like good hands. He, yeah, probably should be able he to He has some good hands. He, he does. Can he run he, routes? So, no, he can run straight. That's... <laughs> That's that's Metcalf. That's what he does. He yep. runs straight. I'm surprised the Chiefs didn't take him. If the Chiefs didn't take him, I would, he would be a winner. Like he'd be the biggest winner of the draft. Oh yeah, yeah. Talk about a uh, Tyree Kill replacement. He's a loser to me because unless Seattle changes the way they played football over the last two seasons, they've been shifting away from their 100 million dollar quarterback and moving more towards ground and pound. They ran it a lot last year. They did throw the football at times, and Tyler Lockett had a relatively successful year. And if Doug Baldwin does not play, I think Metcalf has an opportunity mm-hmm. to succeed. But this year, I I don't. This year, I don't think he has a chance to succeed. And just looking at the Seattle offense itself, I don't know that they're going to throw 
the football, the DK Metcalf, yeah. all that much. Now, Seattle's one thing, the one thing that Seattle does extremely effectively is blow up teams from the top. So they threw it like last year. The reason why Lockett was extremely successful in what he was doing. Play action. Because, yeah, it was play action and hitting him way down the field. And if DK Metcalf, the two things he does well is run fast and run straight. <laughs> so if he does that successfully and can catch the ball, I think he'll he'll be a good fit in Seattle. I like the pick for Seattle. I like the place for DK Metcalf. I don't like the fantasy outlook. It's not a good it's a You just don't like the player too. It's it's not I don't like DK Metcalf at all. I think it fits, but I just don't think that he is going to be I could be very wrong. And I I I, I, I actually do have like I do like DK Metcalf because of his size. I just Yeah, if you he's can't, missing key if elements. He miss, he key, he's missing key elements. If he can figure those key elements out Oh, he's gonna be insane. He's gonna be insane. Right. But I think I think he's just got to get those key elements down. I don't know if he can do that in Seattle because they're just not going to throw it to so, him that much. Yeah, I I mean I I've agreed with you throughout the process. I thought DK Metcalf was overrated. If you remember, a few months ago he was projected to be like the tenth overall pick. Yeah, like he was going not only first round but high first round. Then he got selected in as the last pick of the second round, essentially a third rounder, as you said. To me, that's not awful. And then I looked at the landing spot, which is Seattle, again. Not awful. I think Doug Baldwin is probably not going to play again. If he plays again, that changes a little bit. But going on the assumption that he's never going to play football again, he becomes probably their number two receiver there. Yeah. And, yeah, he does have struggles running yeah, he, routes he probably and catching the, the football, one. which is why I think this year he's not going to be, yeah. I don't know, successful because he's going to need time in the NFL to learn those things. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily just call him a loser just because of the situation that he's been in. And, yeah, Seattle doesn't throw the ball a lot. Um, that was also with a three-running back system. They have a two-running back system now. They're still going to run the ball a lot. Yeah. But if you notice, in when they have to throw it, as you said, they do. And I think they throw more in the second half of the year, too, as the year goes on. Yeah, which so is think, usually quick note for everyone who likes fantasy wide receivers. That's usually when uh, fantasy, where rookie wide receivers start to reach that point where they can actually produce. Correct. And that's when DK Metcalf, theoretically, would be able to learn the offense better, <laughs> learn how to catch the ball more, learn routes in yeah. the system. Do you know what I'm saying? So right. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't consider this a, a loser situation for DK Metcalf. And as you said, taking the top off the ball and running straight, I think that was a good point. We're like, yeah, he can do that. And they the will only, use him in that role. The only thing he can do. <laughs> right. Which, yes, but. Right. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't mind DK Metcalf. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I don't, I don't mind the spot. <sighs> I, it's so hard because I do want to like him. Um, I was looking up something and I can't remember what I was looking up for DK Metcalf. <laughs> so there goes that. Maybe we should just move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. His player comp is uh, Andre Johnson. I was looking up his ADP. Ooh, interesting. So right now he's a fifth round, fifteenth round pick. Um. I wouldn't draft him. Yeah, I wouldn't draft him at all. Uh, but he might take a step. We'll, we'll see. I, I mean, we just exited the NFL draft. We don't really have a lot of ADP data uh, for the rookies because no one was really drafting them yet. Um, and so when we get that ADP data, we'll be able to see what DK Metcalf is going to be. But some drafts I saw him going in the ninth round, which I was like, wait, I, was I saw that too. That yeah. was before he was he was drafted. So. We're gonna see if it it's if, if it's a good thing he went to Seattle or a bad thing he went to Seattle for his fantasy value. But as of right now, I'm not even drafting him. No, I'm not uh, either. Just just to be 
completely honest with you, I'm not even drafting Nikhil Harry. Like, I'm not even getting close to a wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver, because there's no real worth for me in them. Like, Calvin Ridley was really good this past season. But he had, but it was like three it games. Was like, it was like all in the course of three games. And it's like, you, that's what rookie wide receivers do. Unless you have a top 10 wide receiver, like a top 10 player coming off the board at wide receiver, that guy's not going to... Julio Jones. Yeah, like or, a Julio Jones yeah. or an Odell Beckham. Like, those guys are not going to be able to instantly produce in, an, in any form of an offense. Um, so I wanted to throw the last two guys in together. That's why I saved them for last. The Baltimore Ravens are, are an interesting team. They completely shifted the way they played last year after Joe Flacco got benched. Joe Flacco got traded. Now they're fully in on Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. They're going to run the football a lot. I'm going to say that outright. They're going to run the football a lot. It's going to be like a 60-40, maybe even a 70-30. It's going to be crazy. Um, you might see Lamar Jackson get, and after day one, I was like, this is not a good situation for this player. And then after day two, I was like, why are they drafting wide receivers? You're destroying everything. <laughs> Miles Boykin was one of the best. He, round, he was drafted in round three, pick 30 by the Baltimore Ravens. He was one. He was arguably one of the best slot receivers in this class besides Andy Isabella. And then you had Mark Marquise Brown, who was supposed to be the next Antonio Brown. Like that's what their player comp is for him. Yeah. And he gets drafted by Baltimore. And I'm like, you are literally destroying everything, Baltimore. What are you doing? Now people are like, Oh, well, Marquise Brown could still be really good. He could still be really good. No, you, you can't you can't count it out. Yeah, Miles Boykin still gonna be really like okay, so if if Lamar Jackson throws it twenty times a game next year and you throw it twelve times to Marquise Brown and eight times to Miles Boykin, that that doesn't that doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. It's not going to work. It's like you, if you people are really expecting Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown to be a success next year, or even the following like two or three years after that, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> I think Lamar Jackson. If he, I think he can improve, but he's never going to be a guy that throws thirty-five to forty passes in a game like Patrick Mahomes. Never. It's not his play style. You're right. I think he can improve. I think I'm hoping he will improve. Um, For the sake of Marquise Brown, yes, yes, but. I mean, those guys, I think, long-term, yeah, like Dynasty League, I don't hate you going after. Yeah. Because I think they're too talented. Dynasty- and I think Lamar, like I said, I think Lamar Jackson will improve. But, yeah, for this upcoming season, even, let's say Lamar Jackson gets better. Yeah. And let's say they throw the ball a few more times. He was throwing the ball, what, like 15? He had like 15 to 20 pass attempts a game last year. Mm-hmm. So even if he improves and they throw it a bit more, they're still going to be running the ball a lot more yeah. than they're going to be throwing it. I just think, I think, you know, a lot there. There are some there are some fantasy analysts and experts that are saying you can't really count out now. Miles Boykin's done. Like I, there's no unless he leaves this team. There's no way he's actually going to be any <laughs> form of a success. Now, hey, I could be wrong. I, I think if well, I'm wrong, well, I, will, I think short, I will. I will receive the hate this year. I think you're right, but yeah. I, I don't. I don't know about long term. Marquise Brown is the one player that I think may be a success in this offense if they can get up to 25 passes a game. Uh, because then you can reasonably target him, and 10 more to importantly, 12. like fifteen to twenty completions a game, right? And and if that's the if that's what you're getting out of Lamar, now he's he's very he's, he's probably closer very, to twenty. He has a very good um, completion percentage. So if you're if you're targeting Marquise Brown ten times a game, then I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like definitely okay with that. Like if that's yeah, but how many how can... many of those are over fifteen yards? 
No, and that, that that's my problem is that there is no. Are they just going to be like six yard slants? They might be. I don't, I don't know. I, I want to know what they want to do with Marquise Brown, but I just last year when and some people, like I said, the fantasy experts, some fantasy experts are, are defending the pick of Marquise Brown and defending him going to Baltimore and saying he's going to be a success, and they're laying out the reasons and they're saying you can't you can't just assume that they're going to run the football a lot. And I'm like, that's fair. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. Like they could, they could, they could be completely working on Lamar Jackson's game. And then he comes out and throws 35, you know, passes in the first game. and looks absolutely insane. Like that could happen. He's not his play style, but that could happen. Yeah. They're also saying that you can't really, I, I just, I look at, I look at Marquise Brown. I don't see fantasy production in Baltimore. And they're saying you can't look at last season and go, yeah, oh, you can though. You can, and that's what I'm saying is that you you can't. They're, they're saying you can't look at last season as a metric to go. Okay, well, Marquise Brown, you know, or not not Marquise Brown, but the wide receivers. You know, when Joe Flacco was in, there were wide receivers on the Ravens that you wanted to go after. You were like, okay, John Brown. yeah, maybe we want John Brown for a couple of games this year. See if he can, you know, if he has a good matchup, maybe start him or something like that. But when they took Joe Flacco out. Wide receivers, and it was even a joke in the fantasy community. Like when when Lamar Jackson went in, there was basically no wide receiver production. Yeah. It was over for tight ends, wide receivers, all of it. They ran the football a lot, and that was great. But for wide receivers, it was over for anyone in Baltimore. So now that you draft a guy with the twenty fifth pick overall, and then the thirtieth pick in the third round, basically a fourth round pick, Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown, who I absolutely love this year, you destroy their fantasy value completely. <laughs> But you draft them, and now you're now you're trying to you're trying to defend the draft pick like it's going to work out. And I'm like, stop. Well, stop. Like, don't tell me that Marquise Brown is going to produce at some point in his career like Antonio Brown on the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson throwing 20 passes. It's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> I think if you're the Ravens, though, it was a good pick from there. It's standpoint. a great pick for the Baltimore Ravens. It's a terrible landing spot for Marquise Brown for fantasy wise. Yeah. Yes, fantasy wise. Okay. So I I just I I. My my argument to them is I'm going to look at last year and those 10, 6 to 10 games in the regular season and go, that's what I expect. Like, that's all we have. That's what we know of Lamar Jackson. There is nothing that tells us that a wide receiver is going to be good in that offense. So I'm not going to assume that Marquise Brown, I'm not going to go out and draft Marquise Brown this year, assuming that he's going to be some, some good player. Like, Oh yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, the, I'm avoiding him in dynasty. I'm avoiding him in everything. Like the only right. good thing you can say about the landing spot for Marquise Brown is he's going to be the guy True. for receivers. Absolutely. He's, he's really good. He's, and he is really good. He's yeah. really good. Um, so I mean, right now he is. Yeah, he's he. His ADP has already taken a massive hit. Um, do you know his nickname is Hollywood? Hollywood he's Brown. Hollywood yeah. Brown. Uh, so I mean, I'm I'm definitely avoiding those two guys. I see them as big losers because I think, you know, as much as Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin are excited to go to Baltimore, <laughs> it's they drafted another wide receiver, by the way. So did they draft three? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. One in the seventh, I believe. Oh, well, he um might get cut. Actually, that's a wrong. Maybe it was the sixth. Nope. They also drafted uh Baltimore drafted uh Trace McSorley, quarterback, which was relatively interesting in the sixth round. He was supposed to be drafted a little bit higher, but nobody drafted him. Anyway, we'll probably get cut. Baltimore, yeah, it is a wide receiver abyss. It's a hole. Don't <laughs> draft any wide receivers from Baltimore, please. And for your sake, in our sake, 
and everyone's sake. Um, and that will do it for our winners and losers from the 2019 NFL draft. I am frankly very excited that this entire hullabaloo is over. Yeah. Dynasty people can, uh, Slow their roll on their dynasty <laughs> rookie draft. Like literally day after the draft, people are doing rookie drafts. I'm like, well, let's dissect this a little bit first before you get all sweaty. Yeah. Um, so I think I I don't know. I mean, some of these guys will work out. I don't even know some of the guys we talked about in the winners column. I don't even know if some of those guys are even oh, gonna yeah. be fantasy relevant this like year. Like Nikhil Harry. Like Nikhil Harry. Uh, I think there'll only be one or two guys. The tight ends are the two big guys that I think could actually show a large amount of relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah because there's just so few tight ends so few tight ends but that'll do it for winners and losers over the next coming weeks we will be discussing qb wide receiver running back rankings and tight end rankings um over the next six or seven weeks sounds like a long time wow but we will be discussing rankings over ranking season it's ranking season um, and then we'll jump right into draft strategy oh boy. And, and everything and get, get really into this. I've already done 20 mock drafts, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did one Someone's today. got time on his hands at work. I did one today, and I got an A-plus from Fantasy Pros. Thank you, Fantasy Pros, for giving me an A-plus. Do <laughs> uh, you have any closing thoughts for us, boss? Um, just because we didn't bring it up, I'll just quickly say Josh Rosen. Uh, I... Love the deal for Miami because if he works, I was telling you this earlier. If he, if he works out, great, you got a franchise quarterback. If he doesn't, you just tanked for the Bama quarterback. Yeah, which is what they originally wanted to do. Perfect for Rosen's standpoint. I don't love it just because I don't think there's a lot of talent on that team, and yeah. he could be in a position to fail. But I disagree. Okay, I disagree. Thanks for listening, fantasy champions. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. 